Hi, this is Hannah Berry, and you are listening to Postcard Dances, a podcast platform to keep us connected to each other and our choreographic practice in uncertain times. My guests today are dancers Evelyn Kirby and Rin Elwell, both current juniors at Mount Holyoke College. Evelyn is a double major in gender studies and politics, while Rin is a double major in dance and psychology. Both spend much time in the dance department, learning, making, and performing, and their positive energies are infectious to all who surround them. This semester, prior to the college's emergency closure, Rin and Evelyn were in rehearsal for my choreographic project set to be performed in the Mount Holyoke Student Concert. In this podcast, we talk about how we are adjusting to new spaces and adjusting those spaces for our needs, the ways in which everyday life and dance practice collide, and our new perceptions of expectation and success. Yeah, how are you guys doing? Like, how, are, how has the transition been for you? What have you been up to? It's been good. It kind of, I feel like I, like, normalized myself to this really quickly. So, yeah, it's been okay. I'm, like, my whole family's home, which is, like, chaotic, but also, like, nice to be not just, like, alone. That's really interesting, though, that you were able to sort of find normal really quickly. Um, I think that's a really lovely thing because I've been talking to some people recently who have been saying it's really hard to find a new normal because usually like going to a new place you get into a groove really quickly but some people haven't been finding that so I'm glad you've been able to find that that's nice yeah um I'm doing good I'm I'm just you know vibing I'm uh excited to be like as as wonderful as it's been here um because I do feel really welcome and Eva's family is just like really fantastic and I'm with Eva which is great um I'm excited to be at a place that has felt like home for longer than a place that I'm just like sort of jumping into. And it's like, if it were, if I am going to fly at any time, this is probably the best time. It's going to be like less busy than a grocery store. We'll start off on a, on a positive light note. I feel like, you know, it's, it's good to sort of remember the things that, that bring us joy in this time and, and the things that we find happiness in. Cause it's so, I feel like it's so easy, obviously to just get caught in the, the cycle of sort of this, this talking and, um, hypothesizing that's a word yeah that's a word okay <laughs> about you know this whole situation so started off on like you know so I'm sure that in the past um I've probably been in conversations with both of you where we discuss how dance and the arts in general are for so many of us places of healing comfort calm and joy um where do you feel like you find these things in dance and has dance imp- maybe had a unique impact for you in this time yeah, I definitely like have I've been having um my ups and downs with dance sort of in the same way that I don't know if you guys have exper- ever experienced like there's like weeks where I'm like this is the best and I'm so glad I do this and this is the thing I love and then weeks where I'm like why do I do this my body hurts I'm upset I don't feel happy um and it's happening less and less as I'm moving towards a world of dance where I feel really grateful and comfortable um and it happened kind of more in like my, my training, but I feel like I've been having those fluctuations fluctuations at a much more rapid pace. So like one day I'll be like, this is great. I'm dancing in the park. I'm having so much fun. And it's like um, something that grounds me. And then the next day, like I'll be taking an online class and bang my foot really hard on the fireplace and just like want to quit forever and never want to dance again. Um, so it's like, it's sort of representing, I guess, my normal cycles that I go through with dance, but it's just um, really 
poignant and emphasized. No, yeah, I've definitely experienced that as well. I think that's sort of one thing I've noticed of this time is like shifts in emotions and thoughts and sort of perspectives on things have been shifting a lot quicker for a lot of people. That's something I've sort of noticed, especially with dance and something that we hold so close and we sort of have such a precarious balance with, with how we interact with it. Yeah. I think that for me, like, um, more generally, a lot of the, like, joy and healing that comes from dance is, like, connected to the physical aspect of it. And I think that that's harder to find now because obviously I'm dancing less and I'm dancing like in my living room or like outside and it, mm-hmm. um, and like basically alone. Mm-hmm. And so that feels like a shift and I'm instead finding more um, like comfort in the community aspect because I think that that has stayed really strong and it feels good to be able to like go to Jenna's class twice a week and like see everyone's face or like I went to the student salon thing um, on Monday and that was nice to like talk like we would as if we were together because the talking thing still feels really personal even if we're not like physically together while the like dancing aspect feels much more remote and like disconnected and yeah I like sort of feel like that in classes too like when I'm not actually dancing like in moments where I'm watching and I'm able to sit and put the gallery view on zoom um I feel way more connected than when I'm like trying to learn a combination and like banging my limbs on furniture and the dogs walking in between my legs. And um, it's hard to have a space with grooves and curves and not like the clean lines of a studio. Yes. A hundred percent. And to have like spotlight view in order to be able to learn, but then I'm not really with the people that I'm dancing with, which is kind of tricky. Yeah. I've also been thinking about um, sort of going off of that is, since it's been so hard to sort of adjust our dance practices to like the new spaces and like really noticing the lack of, of studio space and a physical community, like what are ways that we can like sort of lean into that discomfort and lean into like figuring out how to not try to like replicate the movements that we would have maybe done, but how to sort of find a new practice and find new ways to adapt our movement to the spaces that we're in. And that's something that I think is really sort of difficult to do, obviously, and maybe sad to do, but it's something that I've been thinking about. I'm taking sound movement and text with Wendy and Jake, something we're really focusing on. It's like, they are not loosening their standards really at all. Like we are still on Zoom for two hours, twice a week, Um, but they are like, they are giving a lot of assignments that helps me interact with the world from like a dancer, choreographer, thinker perspective. Um, Like I, when I take a walk, um, obviously like I love finding the woodpeckers and seeing the woods and whatever, and like walking around the city and just enjoying that. But they have brought in a lot of assignments that have been like, look at, one branch of one tree as a choreographic score or like things that make me hone in on kind of who I am as a dancer and what my beliefs are as a dancer while I'm living in this world. And I feel like that's been something that's been really almost more grounding than the actual movement. Yeah. Um, 
is like being able to think like a dancer. Yeah. I also think there's a lot being offered right now in terms of like online classes, which is like really, really cool and really, really amazing to see how well people can organize themselves in times of need. But for me, it's like taking a Zoom class is not something that I ever really want to do because it just like kind of sucks. So I have found that dancing like just in like the kitchen while I'm making food, just all of the other times and not during class, like that's what I need. And that's how I've been like thinking and practicing. Do you guys also feel the same? Like I feel the same guilt because I see so like so many dancers and choreographers that I really, really, I'm like, I would kill to take class with this person. Mm-hmm. And now I can and it's free, but I hate Zoom. Yeah. And I don't have a space where I can bash, my, bash the chandelier if I raise my arms. Or like, I don't have the space to enjoy a Zoom class. Yeah. So. 100%. I, yeah. Something I am curious to talk about, um, going sort of off what you were saying, Evelyn, about like dancing in your kitchen and dancing in times when you're not in class. You know, I've been thinking about like when we're at school, you know, we're, we are able to differentiate when we're dancing and when we're not dancing. Like we're in the studio and we're dancing, we're rehearsing, we're working on our technique, we're in this space with people, we're going through a class and sort of the rest of the world fades away. But then when we leave, we're sort of leaving that behind a little bit and going into the rest of our life. We're going to, you know, eat dinner or we're going to work on our other home. So without, now without that spatial distinction, I'm curious to think about the overlaps between dance practice and everyday movement. So I'm wondering, like, when do you think you're dancing? When are you not dancing? And what are the ways you see the two bleeding together? And maybe are there ways that you can try to think about combining those two in your practice or sort of are interested to explore that in your practice? I feel like for me, they are kind of always blended. Like, I think obviously like being in class is like a very distinct thing or like being in rehearsal is one very distinct moment but also like I'm thinking about all the times that like we do phrases like at parties or like in Blanche or like I was in my room the exact same thing yeah exactly so it's yeah. like already so bled out um and so I think that now there's less class time obviously there's less rehearsal time and so I think that all all the time is sort of movement time while at the same time none of it is does that make sense absolutely i think it sort of accentuated the like interconnectedness of um dance practices and then like outside dance practice time Mm -hmm. because they're already sort of one thing i was thinking about um the sort of sort of the same thing about how it's not new that i'm dancing outside of spaces that are designated for dancing like Mm -hmm. but what i'm finding is is new is is I, I it's way more self-reliant the the times I would be dancing in spaces that weren't dance spaces was like you know we run into each other on the green and we're like yeah wait, let's dance together like at parties and it's there's so much of it that's about community and I find that my da- dance practice like as a whole is very community like my personal like ethos and how I run is very community-based and so it like, it's not a new thing that I'm dancing just throughout my daily life, but it was really, like, kind of a shock to be, like, like, the first few days I was, like, I'm not really dancing throughout my daily life at all, and I was, like, because I don't have the people who I would normally do it with, mm-hmm. like, here and around me with me, and that doesn't mean, like, there was never times I was alone choreographing in my room or, 
would like, you know, be with my non-dancer friends and dance on the green, but it is just very different. And it's much more about just like really listening to myself and listening to my body when it wants to dance and not so much about it's a sunny day. So that means I'm going to dance today out on the green or I see my dance friends. So I'm going to dance now. It's much more like internal. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And I think it also is like really moment by moment. Like I took a walk yesterday morning and I like arrived at my destination and I was like, maybe this would be a good time to like do some dancing or whatever. And I was like, I actually don't feel like it. So I didn't. And then I was on my way back walking and all of a sudden I was like, oh, now this is when I want to. And so I, that's when I did because you don't know when it's going to come and then you just have to act on it. Yeah, that's really beautiful. And I've been noticing that as well in my daily life that creativity is coming more on impulses rather than set scheduled times because I mean in some ways there is no scheduled time and you sort of have to learn to listen to yourself like you were saying a little bit more clearly which I think is a really lovely thing and I think that's something that we'll be able to take from this experience hopefully going forward yeah I'm also this is something I don't know if you guys are experiencing but like Eva lives in Baltimore like in the city but there's a huge park right next to our house where it's like very naturey and trails and it's been like really lovely to have and that's the space where I feel like I want to be moving most and like when it's nice out that's the space I spend most of my time is like outside of my house and I'm really curious about how it's going to change when I get back to Miami because there's really no green space near my house like it's all houses or apartments or townhouses or built like businesses or whatever and it's there's no walking distance to like a huge wooded area like that doesn't exist and I'm curious about I know I'm not going to stop dancing like that probably will never happen but I'm curious about how it's going to impact like my daily movement mm-hmm. yeah I don't know if you guys are ties to like nature and movement yes absolutely I think I've noticed that particularly I think that's maybe it's because nature is sort of feels separate from everything else that's happening right now and sort of feels like a place of escape or a place of sort of comfort and inspiration also. So I've really been appreciating it. And I think also like the pollution has been clearing and it's been really beautiful outside. So I think it's just reminding me to sort of slow down and think more about nature. And yeah, absolutely. I've also been experiencing that. I am lucky. Like I live in Portland, but I don't live like in the downtown area so there's like a field close to where I live and I can like walk down my street and there's like a nature trail it's really nice yeah so I've been thinking a lot about the idea of enough and like what we feel like is enough and what is fulfilling and what is maybe not enough and so I was curious to sort of hear maybe more in detail like what things you've been sort of fulfilled by or what you've been finding to be enough for you in this time. And also if there's anything that you felt like is not enough and that you've noticed. I definitely have been feeling drawn to creative practice, even if it's not necessarily dance. And because we are ultra, like we are so oriented towards dance, it always kind of seeps in. And like I was talking about before, sort of think about what I'm doing like a dancer but I've been doing a lot more like drawing and collaging and making jewelry and like doing all of these different things. And that's something that has felt very fulfilling and there's never like a time where I'm creating and I feel like I should be doing something else. Mm -hmm. But I think I am feeling 
like it's like the things that I kind of knew before this time as my creative outlets trying to replicate themselves don't feel like enough. Like the Zoom classes don't necessarily feel like enough because it was such a, like I never really drew before this and I never embroidered and I never made jewelry. Like it was, there was no precedent to tell me how I should be doing these things. But a dance class, like I, we all have those precedents and we all have so many wonderful experiences and memories. And so I think I'm feeling unfulfilled where I already have a certain standard set for what is the creation or what is the creation space. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. And it kind of reminds me of what we were talking about with sort of the bleeding of the dance studio and like everyday life and sort of how this time has been connecting those more. And I feel like in some ways that reminds me of the same thing. Like I've been cooking more bread and doing more collaging as well and things like it sort of feels almost like we're sort of bringing our more maybe intellectual or theoretical creative instincts and bringing them more into like everyday life and tangible things that we can sort of hold on to. I think I don't often think about creative practices in my life because I am not super like generative, I guess. But I think that things that have been feeling like enough for me are sort of like the ways that I have been able to interact with people. Because like, obviously we can't be together physically the way we usually are at this time but like facetiming people has felt like enough to me and even like social media interactions have felt like a way to stay connected and like hanging out with my siblings has been maintaining the feeling of like I'm getting enough social (laughs) interaction Yeah. yeah I agree like with the as far as social interaction I feel like I almost have been doing more of it than I would at school and not in the same way. Like, obviously, when I am at school, I am with the people who I really, really want to be with most of the time. Um, But a lot of times it's not like intentionally being together. Like we're sitting together on our phones. Uh, It's just it feels more mundane than now. It feels kind of like very special moments. Um, Like when I get to FaceTime my friends, I've called my relatives who I haven't called in such a long time because they're old and I'm worried about them or like families all reaching out to each other and friends that I haven't talked to in a long time are reaching out to each other. And that's felt really cool. Yeah. So I thought um, maybe we could talk a little bit more about specifically about process and dance. And since you were both in my piece, um, I think this might be kind of interesting. Um, So, you know, right now I'm trying to sort of reframe my perception of creative processes um, from, you know, something that we're often expecting to have a finished product to something that's more circular and ongoing with like certain expectations. And so I'm sort of trying to think about how you currently do or what you think about, like how we can take artifacts and pieces of processes that feel unfinished or unfulfilled and sort of translate them into something new if you're thinking about that in this time or something that's happened in the past or just sort of that idea of how do we take something that had certain expectations and when those expectations change we sort of bring something new to that Yeah, I think that the idea that like, I don't know, there's has been this expectation of having a finished product for um, like people in your comp class, for example, and just like more generally, like people are usually working, like creative people are usually working towards like a finished final product. But I think about a lot just like generally about what it means for something to be finished and like what um, norms dictate what constitutes something that's finished. 
and how that's sort of like fake and made up anyway. Yeah. And like, how can you actually finish a process when it's continually making itself and becoming something? So I think that like this time where it's like you can't have that performance or like the publication or whatever it is, I think that that can be a really interesting moment of reflection on what it means to finish and to rethink the ways that like we associate process with product. Yeah, I think this is also sort of what you're asking is something that's really interesting because shifting with everything I'm doing and not just with dance, like with school assignments, my teachers will uh, like other outside of dance school assignments. um, It's, I feel like the standards are really getting loosened and things are changing and like, they're not, I don't know. It's not easier because we're in a completely different environment, but it's just different than it would have been. And I'm feeling like the products that I'm creating are super different from what I'd normally create. And things are, so many things are half finished and that's finished. Like they're finished and they're never going to be complete, but that's, that's it. And I'm finding that like things I'm turning in and, and embroidery projects I'm making and this freaking quilt that I've been crocheting for two and a half years, like there's going to come a point where it's not going to be done and I'm just going to call it finished. So yeah 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 why do we why do we perceive something to be finished versus not finished I think it's really interesting yeah yeah and like super I think also related to like obviously the point of college is to prepare people for the eventual workplace and the workplace is all about like reaching that goal of whatever I don't really know anything about (laughs) anything (laughs) Um, (laughs) but it's like really about that like linear um, upwards climb, I guess. Um, And so in academia, we're trained to sort of prepare ourselves for that and to be reaching upward, to be looking to finish so we can get to the next thing. And so recalculating our relationship to that sort of um, socialization, I think can be really like an advantage, if you can call it that, of this time of self-isolation and just rethinking our relationship to linear time, perhaps. I think it'll be interesting to see sort of socially and structurally if that changes anything as well, because I totally agree. I think that it can absolutely be an advantage and most likely, I'm sure, like we will in some ways find find new ways to find relationships with time and our idea of something being finished or successful but i'm also curious to see how our like governments and how larger communities sort of start to react to that yeah me too as we were you know researching space a lot in in my process and talking a lot about it in in our rehearsals and things. And we've been talking a lot about it in this um, conversation as well. I'm just sort of curious to hear if you guys have found any routines or general practices or anything to help yourself find space, maybe um, whether that be to find space from the stimulation that you currently have and is overwhelming or to find space as far as a break from the loneliness and a way to find more interaction so maybe like how have you been finding space for yourself recently and maybe what does that mean for you for me finding space is like kind of a funny thing to do in my childhood home because like I share a room with my sister and like (laughs) it's just like a lot of family time all the time which is fine um so I think finding space 
comes through like talking to people who aren't my family and then also like just getting outside of the house even if if it's with like whoever but just like taking walks things like that I guess I feel like my time has been really defined by my walks like I wake up in the morning and I'm like Eva you want to take a walk and she's like let's take a walk and like first thing we do is take a walk and then like I get out of class or she gets out of class and we take a walk and then we have our afternoon evening walk and then sometimes we walk the dog at night like I'm very I'm my time has um become really really a, like a strict routine like I'm in bed by 9 30 every night and wake up at like exactly eight um I've I've really really got myself on a, a far stricter routine than I've ever been and it's not necessarily like a, a routine that I would like if I planned my ideal routine for like what I'd be doing in this time, I'd definitely a lot more time for homework or doing something other than sitting on my phone for an hour after lunch. But like I have really scheduled my time. And part of that scheduling is like, it it all takes place in different spaces in either the house or outside the house. So typically like the walks, we go to a field and like we go and sit in the field and then like we come back to the house and then maybe I'll eat lunch in the dining room and then work in the living room or something like that. I've had to create these like very specific spaces or else I'll never be able to get work done or never be able to like pick up and read a book because it doesn't feel like the right space. I don't know. When you're in such a small space, like with a bunch of people, there has to be like those little mind designations for me. I've really been noticing that too. I I don't think I've quite yet been as successful as you in sort of making those distinctions, but also have been noticing. <laughs> that was not um, intended to be like, like no. I'm at school at 932. <laughs> it's not an, I an admirable trait. I clock out. That's just when the body says 932. You know, I'm just saying, I think it's really lovely and that it seems really, I would love to take four walks a day. Maybe I'll try it sometime. That sounds really nice because, you know, when we're at school, the, the way we physically move through space really defines how we think about things and how we're able to shift our focus. Um, you know, we walk from our dorm to class and that's a time when you can really like process things and, you know, listen to music or whatever. And we're sitting in the quiet library and that's how we know it's time to do work. So yeah, I think, yeah, maybe this time just requires like more mental training, which is something that, that when you have a lot of space and, distinct spaces already made for you like you don't quite have to do that as much or rely on that as much I was talking about how I miss the library like not for the fact like I don't I of course like it's beautiful and I love it and I miss it but like I really miss having a space that like I go into and I'm like okay headphones in I'm reading my book I'm doing my work like it doesn't feel like a fun space or like a goofy space or a silly space. Like it feels like a space to work and I don't really have, like it's impossible to really have one of those right now. Yeah. yeah. I think it's funny that you say that, Rin, because the amount of times that I have sat in the library for four hours and done nothing but goof around is like <laughs> innumerable. <laughs> like me, like, okay, like, yes, <laughs> me too. I still have ADHD, but also <laughs> like, in some ways, like, I definitely do goof around in there, but it's less of a, like, I absolutely, like, cannot work in certain places. Like, I'm in Kendall, and I'm trying to work in the lounge, and it doesn't, like, I can't, I can't, I can't, and some people can, but, like, um, I think every space is a goofy space, but some spaces are goofy and work. Yeah, it's interesting, too, to sort of start to think about how 
different spaces really embody certain, like we're saying, certain emotions or certain memories and sort of inextricably tied to those for each person, but also how one space can hold very different meaning for a lot of different people. As you know, that's something I was really interested in with my work. So as I know you both are going to be seniors next year, and I'm sure you're painfully aware. (laughs) Um, If you don't mind speaking a little bit to your preparations, so like as you're getting ready for your senior year, where are you with your thinking related to creation and exploration with dance or with other academic forms that you're studying? Um, As I'm sure your plans are evolving and the future is maybe becoming more uncertain. Maybe could you speak a little to where your heads are at right now with senior projects or just thinking about where you're at with like your processes with your academic interests and like how you're sort of wanting to explore those in the upcoming year. We just wrote our senior thesis proposals for Ooh. our senior capstone proposals, which was like, like if I didn't, if I wasn't sure about where I wanted to be at the, the dance department tea where we were sitting with all our professors and I was supposed to be in that, you know, mindset, then I sure as hell like don't know what I'm doing right now where everything feels crazy. Like I can't even plan ahead to tomorrow, really. Like there are some things that have been kind of grounding, like course registration or housing registration or whatever. Like I'm like, okay, well, now I have a place to live um, if if we get to go back there. But it's just like, um, it feels like a very, very odd time prepping for something that should be really exciting. Um, and it's kind of been like a hard like, I don't want to think about myself as a senior because I think, like, what if I don't get my senior fall? Um, or what if I, I don't know. And it's just that sort of thing that's, like, it's easier to not think about it at all than to think about what could go right or what could go wrong. Yeah, I'm also really, really feeling that. Um, it's really, like, a weird dichotomy because I'm feeling really excited about the prospect of writing a thesis, and I feel really, like, interested in the topic obviously and I feel really like like the classes I hope to be taking on campus are sound really cool um and so all of that feels so exciting but it's like paired with that like dread of like what if it doesn't work out like what does it mean to be like writing a thesis um remotely like how do I get the academic support for that so yeah it's like excitement but also, like, uh, I just don't, you just don't know. I'll be really excited to see what you guys create, because I'm sure it'll be really lovely and thought-provoking and incredible. Do you guys have any, like, topics that you're thinking about currently or ideas, like, more specifically? Yeah, um, I, my, the research that I'm planning on doing is about um, queer time in dance practices, Um, which is, like, it's so funny to me (laughs) that, like, I just feel like all the work I've been doing at Matt Holyoke is, like, leading up to this moment for me to be, like, writing a gender studies thesis, but it's, like, about dance, kind of. But, yeah, just thinking about the ways that, like, both choreographically and also, like, in rehearsal and in performance and in class, like, the ways that time is queered. I, so in my proposal, I... I'm like I'm not super sure yet but I was trying to trace the lines between what I created last year and what I started to create this year and I'm definitely like a big thing I am 
planning on doing is holding space for what ex- what would have existed this year. So mm-hmm. at least three, four minutes of my senior piece, my senior capstone piece is going to look like the dance I was supposed to create this year. And it's going to be Callie and Janie. And it's like, that is something I feel like I owe to them and I owe to the material and I owe to myself um, because we all put a lot of hard work into it and I don't feel right dropping it. But I was trying to thread those lines and I sort of came up with the idea of shared nostalgia and intimacy and like how shared memories create really, yeah, intimate relationships. That's so lovely. Thank you guys so much for joining me today and talking. It's been really lovely to hear from both of you and see your faces. Um, Thank you. It was great to talk to you. Yeah, thank you for this opportunity. Postcard Dances is a production of the Intermediate Composition Course in the Dance Department at Mount Holyoke College. The music you hear is composed by Jazer Giles. Join us for our next episode, coming soon.